In today's episode, we will explore what consent means. So this is a content warning that the material on the show may be triggering for some and listener discretion is advised. Nothing is sexier than consent. Ro James says, with your permission, I want to spend the night sipping on you. And that's it right there. That's how easy it is. If they say yes, you have the green light. If they say no, or don't say anything at all, you have to stop. And it's really that simple. Today's selection on our jukebox, speak now. And now some echoes from the artist community. Now before I continue, let me issue another note. As a hip-hop fan, my music analysis revolves around hip-hop. So when I call things out in hip-hop, this is not to say that it does not exist in other genres as well. That being said, hip-hop needs to have a reckoning with itself. As Sylvia O'Bell asked in her 2018 BuzzFeed article, when will time be up for abusive men in hip-hop? From Dr. Dre to NBA Youngboy, Old and new hip-hop heads have perpetuated an abuse culture, and it's time to call them out. In Blurred Lines, Robin Thicke sings, Talk about getting blasted. I hate these blurred lines. I know you want it, but you're a good girl. The way you grab me must want to get nasty. People rightfully call Thicke out for these questionable lyrics, but he is not an isolated actor. Our next example is Rick Ross, who said, Put Molly all in her champagne, she ain't even know it. I took her home and enjoyed that, she ain't even know it. While I will limit these examples as not to beat y'all over the head, you get the point. A conversation needs to be had about what consent means, and we will dive straight into that after the break. This is the podcast that you'll never look back on. Oh, oh, it's Rebel Radio, and now let's get to the show. Rebel Radio, and now let's get to the show. That's a whole lot of art. Now let's get into some culture that we can digest. It's very difficult for a male rapper, especially a black male rapper, to receive actual backlash and like real ridicule and real loss of opportunities um, when it comes to them being accused of things like sexual assault. That's my best friend Genevieve, whom I partnered with an undergrad at Tuskegee University to direct a play raising awareness about sexual assault and domestic violence. This play was called Speak Now, hence the title of today's episode. Yet, we did not just talk about abuse culture as it affects hip-hop. We also talked about how it affected us directly. We did the play in October of 2016, and you know the situation happened in April 2017, So it's kind of jarring to think about the fact that I co-directed this play with you and then 
months later, I experienced the same thing that we were raising awareness for. What do you think of that? I think that you had this really shining moment of, you know, not being, not only being able to put on this production as a leader in the organization, but just as a writer to be able to spread awareness, but really write this whole play yourself. And then to have to go through that on top of not being, you know, properly supported by not just, I want to say not just campus police, but police in the, the town where we went to school and the DA and, and all these other people to just see so many, just multiple failings pretty much on every level. That's structured to handle sexual assaults on our campus was uh, very disappointing. Even when I went to the police, they mishandled the case to the point where the district attorney dismissed the charges because I didn't show up for court, but the police chief never told me about the court date. So there was a mishandling of that case. And there was misreporting of sexual assaults on campus. So there are a lot of layers to this issue that we have to really take into account. There's a lot to be said about how my rape case was handled or mishandled rather. Yet one thing we both wanted to make clear was that this is not just a Tuskegee specific issue. I think like most other colleges and universities, they have a profit motive and really addressing these issues on campus and giving them not only proper funding, but proper visibility could potentially, I I don't know, I think like schools have this idea that if they really address these issues on their campus then they look like they're the rape school or something. Like this is the campus you come to if you want to not only get an education but potentially experience an assault. But we know that just around colleges and universities across the U.S., about 20% of women attending the college will be assaulted at some point during their education. Statistically speaking, black women are more likely to be sexually assaulted. One in four black girls will be sexually abused before the age of 18. For every black woman who reports rape, at least 15 black women do not report. 35% of black women experience some form of contact sexual violence during their lifetime. These are statistics from Ujima, a community organization that centers its education around raising awareness for black women who are victims of violence and homicides. But this is not the only expert I consulted for this episode. I also consulted the work of Erica Hart, a sexuality educator who advocates for awareness about sexual assault. On her website, Erica says, consent is more than sexy, it's necessary. Oftentimes when we talk about sex, the focus is put on pleasure, 
but there are other steps way before pleasure is achieved. So typically we close out the show with three freestyles in under three minutes. But out of respect for the sensitivity of this topic, we will not be doing freestyles about sexual assault. Instead, I will share three organizations who are helping to prevent sexual assault and raise awareness. One of these organizations is Resilience. According to their website, Resilience has been on the front line of working with survivors of sexual violence since 1974. Though much has changed since then, the need for their services has not. They say that it has increased. And to find out more about resilience, you can visit O-U-R-R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E.org. That's OurResilience.org. Another website that you can consult if you want resources for victims of sexual assault is RAIN, and that's R-A-I-N-N. And let me tell you a little bit about RAIN. According to their website, RAIN is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. RAIN created and operates the National Sexual Assault Hotline in partnership with more than 1,000 local sexual assault service providers across the country. To find out more about RAIN, you can visit RAINN.org. That's RAINN.org. Finally, Ujima is a community organization advocating for Black women. So, because of the rates, that black women are affected by issues such as violence and homicide, Ujima formed its organization to address these issues. And you can find out more about them at ujimacommunity.org. That's ujimacommunity.org. As a survivor, you have to believe other survivors because it is hard to get justice. If you were listening during Culture Digest, you will understand how hard it was personally for me to get justice, and I still don't feel like I've received it. I still feel like there are some holes in the in the case and that it was not handled properly. But in order to find peace, I try to raise awareness to help other survivors so that this never happens again. That's really the ultimate goal is to make sure that we eradicate this rape culture that has been cultivated here in the U.S. and abroad. But as always, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay rowdy, stay regal, and stay rebellious.